This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Adrian Hernandez, the best bilingual advisor servicing clients in Arizona and California. You guys, I want you all to stop thinking that you can't afford to purchase a home just because you don't have 20% cash in hand. You're completely wrong. I used to be wrong too, but I worked with Adrian Hernandez, the best bilingual advisor, and got a firsthand look at the number one home purchase experience. Stop paying rent and putting equity into someone else's home for once. I worked with Adrian to get my loan approved, get assistance for down payment and closing costs, and ultimately get into my dream home. So now I get to be a homeowner and still eat my avocado toast. Find him on Instagram, best bilingual advisor, and get the number one home purchase experience for yourself. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, Darlene Hayden. You can call me Darlizzle. Darlizzle vs. the World is a weekly podcast in which me and my listeners will battle out in a weekly poll of random topics ranging from what some might think is completely useless and some more serious topics that require a little bit of thought and conversation. Each episode, I'll pull my listeners to pick one side and one side only. Seriously, just follow the rules for once. We'll review the topic, give some background and interesting fun facts about each opposing side, and then we'll share the results of the poll and then talk about my thoughts too. That requires some help from you guys, so I highly encourage feedback. But here's the thing. Don't be dicks to each other on the internet for no reason. Everyone's got an opinion. Everyone's entitled to an opinion. Just like assholes, everyone's got one. You don't have to enjoy everyone's asshole, but just respect that everybody has one, okay? By the way, you guys, I'm not a professional by any means in any particular topic. I'm reading everything on the internet just like you guys are. So the purpose of the podcast is to have fun. Talk about fun shit, generate some thought-provoking conversation through useless information and storytelling. So let's get on with the motherfucking show. In this episode, I asked you guys about coaching your kids from the sidelines. Um, Is it okay to coach your kids from sidelines or leave it to coach? So I do want to point out that cheering on your children is completely different than coaching your children. Um, There's so many advantages in general to having your children in sports. Sports helps children develop physical skills, get exercise, make friends, have fun, learn teamwork, learn to play fair, and overall improve their self-esteem. So our family, being a jiu-jitsu family, we've had our son D-Money in jiu-jitsu since he was about two and a half. So with jiu-jitsu, many academies don't even let kids start off that early. A lot of them don't start until four, some of them until five or six possibly. Um, So some might actually think it's too early for them to learn anything, but the push for us getting our son started with jujitsu was just kind of being immersed in a healthy lifestyle. We don't like forcing anything in general down his throat because what happens, he's 100% my fucking kid. If I force anything, if I show him the importance of something or tell him he has to do something, big fucking surprise. He doesn't want to do it and it's not fun to him. Um, so for us, it's just building a regular schedule, making sure that it's very natural for him, right? It's just something that we do. There's no yes, no, maybe about do you want to go to jujitsu? It's we have jujitsu on these days. We have to pack all of your things. We have to get ready for the day. So we're very schedule oriented people. So um, having 
that every Tuesday and Saturday, he's just very used to it by now. So um, both my husband and I train jujitsu also. So it's really just an environment that we wanted him to understand and wanted him to know that he was a part of too. Mom and dad do it and you do it. This is our life. This is what we do now. Um, So it was really important for us, especially to get him involved in physical activity because he is a very active little boy. Um, I love that about him. It's what makes him so fun. But if we don't channel that activity, hyperactivity into something positive, that kid will 100% burn my fucking house down. No, not kidding. Um, anybody knows that bored kids will drive them fucking crazy. Well, if my kid, he's, he's like a puppy. If you don't give him something to do, he will fucking tear shit up and drive everyone crazy. But realistically, I'm the same way. My husband's the same way. We just got to give him stuff to do. So Getting him involved in jujitsu, um, regardless of whatever might be going on in the actual class, what he's learning in a basic fundamental understanding of the actual sport itself, it was really important for me to get him in there and understanding that he needs to be able to listen to someone else. He needs to be able to understand that he's in a certain situation in which coach and professor are in charge and that He's responsible for listening, following directions, and making sure that he knows the rules when he steps foot on that mat. So I think that's what's really important. Um, My son's an only child, so getting him comfortable, meeting new people, being around other kids that he's not around every single day, it's really important that he gets that socialization. So that's one of the biggest pushes that we have. So even though it sounds kind of crazy, um, I feel jujitsu for him. Now he's three. He'll be four in September. But um, the jujitsu is just a bonus, really. Um, all of the other things, him following directions, him getting the physical activity, seeing him smile and have fun and laugh and play, that's the primary goal of why I keep him committed to jujitsu, why I make it a concerted effort to make sure he gets there on time. He understands that we have places to go. We have to be there on time. God forbid if you don't make it on time, you're going to be very upset because you'll miss warm up and then it just throws him off. So from the perspective of getting him into that normal routine, it's been amazing and jujitsu has been life changing for our entire family. So I really appreciate that. Um, and anybody that doesn't know what jujitsu actually is, we go to a Gracie Baja. It's an amazing school, huge network, and they have a great kids program. But jujitsu is a martial art that their philosophy is understanding these techniques that you can use for a smaller person to defeat a bigger and stronger opponent because it's really about technique, leverage, and joint manipulation. And it does sound crazy and when you think about it in the perspective of, I mean, I'm 5'1", 114 pounds, and my son is 3. He's the little tiny runt. But it, it's really interesting because while somebody that doesn't seem to have an understanding of jujitsu, I will let you know, it is very much a team-oriented sport. Um, the classes will focus on technique, self-defense, and and for the kids, you know, you have the games and everything. But when you think about it, um, it's a team sport. If you go into competition, 
everyone has their own individual matches, but overall you're competing as a team and, and working for overall points because you still have an overall team outcome. And the, the relationships that you build with people within jujitsu and the family that you end up belonging in with all of these other people that are in jujitsu, it's amazing. So while it's not a standard team sport like other people think with soccer, basketball, or football, it's the same shit. Got to get my kid to practice. I have to get him to the games. I have to make sure that he's prepared. I have to do all these things. So it's all about the personal development and being able to be on that team environment. But um, anyways, according to Wikipedia, in sports, a coach is a person involved in the direction, instruction, and training of the operations of a sports team or of an individual sports people. Typically, any coach that's involved with children are... Def- they're definitely not doing it for a paycheck, you guys. They're not making the fucking big bucks teaching t-ball to a bunch of three-year-olds. They do it because they enjoy the sport. They like kids. Well, at least they should, right? They shouldn't generally be, be well-versed in a sport if they're teaching it to other people. And they do. They have to enjoy being around kids because they're dealing with a bunch of kids that aren't theirs. So you have to imagine how tough that's got to be for them. I read a very interesting blog where they broke down the responsibilities of each role. So the child, the coach, and the parents. And then they con- they compared the roles um, within sports and they paired it to a business model. So coach is the CEO, the kids are the employees, and then the parents are the board of directors. So anybody that's ever worked in a corporate environment, you can understand how that corporate ladder looks and understand each of those roles. But anyways, uh, the primary goals of the coach is to be the CEO. They're the leader. They teach the fundamentals of the sport and they communicate with the parents and they share the philosophy with the community. They're in charge. That's their role. That's why we pay them. That's why they're there. Uh, the primary responsibility of the children are that they're the employees. They're there to do their job, quote-unquote collect their paycheck, right, and then go home. They play the game, they give their best effort, and then they leave. They should have the desire to win, but at the end of the day, they need to be able to understand how to lose and how to lose gracefully. Sportsmanship, especially when you're looking at kids, um, it's really important. I hate seeing um, kids that are shitty with each other when they lose. It just shows this huge brat mentality, and and I don't know what the parents actually communicate. Um, At the end of the day, yes, we all want to win, but if we lose, we have to understand um, it's impossible to win at everything or be good every day. Um, I think with us, and this is something that my husband kind of ingrained with me once I started competing in jiu-jitsu was he was just like, today just wasn't your day. Today was somebody else's day, and that's fine. You'll have a good day next day. And I think that's really important, and that's definitely something that we've pushed with our son, too. At the age of three, you know, we're not getting him in competitions or anything yet, but it's the importance of understanding and letting him know um, as long as you tried, as long as you tried your best, that's what matters. You might not win all the time, but that's fine. Some other people tried their best, too. Um, Just continue to do your best, and you'll get better. And we're really starting to see his understanding in jiu-jitsu and it's really cool to see because we've never pushed that he has to win he's got to go kill that other kid especially when you talk about jiu-jitsu it's choking and submitting and arm bars and I'm not screaming from the sidelines choke him I've definitely seen other parents that fucking do that and it's 
drives me up the wall because it's already hard getting kids in jujitsu to understand what's appropriate for jujitsu and what's appropriate for preschool, you know? So hearing other parents scream to their child to like rip some other kid's head off is a little, little tough pill for me to swallow. People do it, but it's just not my thing. Um, anyways, uh, going back to our business model of family and sports, the parents essentially are the board of directors. So their responsibility is to support the coaches and their kids. So they can do this by making sure their kids arrive on time. They're emotionally supportive for their children and they reinforce the coach's vision at home. I think it's really important. We know how repetition works. We want to make sure that we're mirroring whatever coach does on the field, on the mat, wherever. We want to make sure that we reinforce those values at home. Otherwise, it makes no fucking sense. There's a complete disconnect. Kids are like dogs. If you don't continuously do the same thing over and over, they have no idea what the fuck is going on. So just Think about that. Be mindful of how you're mirroring um, the things that you want your kids to follow. Mirror it at home. Make sure you're following that coach mentality. Um, and another thing that the parents should be able to do is they should be able to ask appropriate questions with coach. There should never be an argument in the heat of things. I mean, your kids are not playing in the NFL. They're not there's not a million dollars at stake. And if there is a million dollars at stake or you're really depending on your five-year-old to become a pro athlete so that you can retire, you're completely out of the realm of reality. But anyway, so when I asked this question about sideline coaching or leave it to coach to coach, um, it was reminded, I was reminded of this movie called Trophy Kids that I watched even before I considered putting D in any type of sport. But It follows a few different families where the parents are fucking insane and they're pushing their kids to the extreme. Um, Their expectation is that their kids, their meal ticket, and that they'll be pro athletes at some point. So there's one girl that's like a golfer. There's another kid that's a football player. And these parents are 100% the epitome of the sideline coach. And it's really sad to fucking watch this movie because their parents are screaming directions. So imagine you're a high school junior um, working really hard, doing your sport. You probably had to have enjoyed it at some point. And your dad is screaming from the sidelines, run this way, run that way catch the fucking ball, this, this, this. And it's got to be nerve wracking and anxiety ridden to have your parents just screaming all of these directions because anybody that's ever performed in any type of sport in general, it's a lot to process. So to have 500 different things being yelled at you, it probably fucking sucks. And to have your parents screaming in general when you're supposed to be performing is probably a little bit much to deal with. So crazy yelling parents just think about that for once much of the hell yes I got from the parents that say hell yeah I coach from the sidelines um this was just a push for a hundred percent I will support my child um with whatever they're doing so I I just want to make sure as I talked about before when we talk about the sides I always pick the extremes of each side that's the purpose of the whole podcast and the game right Uh, we don't fit into anything a hundred percent I know that there's always 
a gray area and a percentage, but uh, much of the people that really supported sideline coaching, it's from the perspective of they support their child. Um, They're okay telling their child what to do. Um, Some people said maybe they felt like their kid didn't hear coach or coach isn't paying attention or just in general, they're comfortable and okay supporting their child in whatever way they need to. Some parents did recognize that they did it and they know that they shouldn't do it. But I do respect that people are willing to admit that they know that they have some control things where they know that they need to let go of the control of being able to tell their kid what to do. But they might have a little bit of trouble with that. Whatever. We're all human. But it's also easy to mix up encouraging our children versus sideline coaching. Everybody tells their kid, great job, way to go, run fast, whatever. That's more cheering. That's not coaching. Um, If you're a sideline coach, if you are giving direct instructions of what to do for your child. So I asked anyone who likes to coach their kids from the sidelines to step outside of the box and think about why we put our children in sports in the first place. It's not so that you can yell from the sidelines and tell them what to do or how to do it. Again, I do understand that parents who coach from the sidelines do it mostly out of good intentions, but it really puts the coach, I think, in a weird position and it often puts kids in a difficult position too. So we'll get into that. Um, A few reasons why sideline coaching based off of my research does not work. One, you confuse your child with conflicting instructions. Imagine um, in the locker room of a football game, coach has a specific strategy and specific instructions. They get out on the field and then mom's yelling what they need to be doing. It's confusing. And it's like I said, there's a lot going on. There's a lot of things to process. Um, Children are then forced to pick who they're going to listen to. And the majority of the time, they don't want to piss mom and dad off, right? Because they have more to do with whatever kids can do at home. They don't want to make the car ride uncomfortable. They don't want to get grounded. They're trying to appease mom and dad so you know it puts them in a weird position because then they have to explain to coach why they're not listening or they have to explain to mom and dad why they're not listening don't put them in that weird situation it sucks another reason why sideline coaching doesn't work is that you take away their opportunity to make decisions as a human being we all see that frustration when somebody doesn't give you the opportunity to make a choice Um, We see it with children. We see it in adults. It's frustrating if somebody doesn't let you pick something on your own. So unless it poses like a huge safety risk, unless you see imminent danger happening, let them make the decision. Let them do the failed attempts. Let them make the decision that loses the winning game. It's fine. Like I said, no one's dying. No one's in the NFL. No one's losing millions. Let them have their opportunities. It's a learning opportunity. It might be the shift of their time where they make the right decision and they do something amazing and they they win. Or it could be something that completely fails and they deal with, you know, the thing that loses the game. But at the end of the day, it's all about a learning opportunity. Um, Another thing, and I said before, it takes away the authority from the coach. Kids need to learn to listen to other fucking people. And if anybody... Has any experience like I do, they know their kid listens so much better when it, when I'm not there. My son is such a good listener with other people. But then as soon as I'm involved, it's whiny and it's, it's, uh, it's, yeah, 
struggles of being a parent. But anyways, um, think about it. We need to be able to equip our children to listening to the appropriate leaders in a given environment. Um, In school, they're required to listen to their teacher. Eventually, they're going to grow up and get jobs. They need to understand that their boss is the leader at the time, and they need to follow directions, and they need to listen. Um, It's very different from being completely dismissive, but they need to be able to understand their piece of that puzzle. So I think it's very important to talk about that. And if you have a problem with what the coach is doing, have a valuable conversation. Um, Talk about what is frustrating you at a different time. Don't do it in the middle of like the winning goal. Don't be frustrated, pissed off that your kid's not playing the last 10 seconds of a game, of a very heated game. Take the time, go out of your way, have a conversation, talk to each other. Um, talk to your coach about your concerns instead of making it uncomfortable for fucking everybody. And think about the other parents and the other kids that are fucking playing too. They don't want to hear your bullshit. With my experience of having D-Money and Jiu-Jitsu, I do give my best to give him his space, but I also make sure that he does understand that I'm watching. Um, I try to passively watch, but I make sure I give specific instances of things that I saw him doing well at. Um, I don't dwell on anything that he didn't do a good job at. I just bring up that he did a great job at X, Y, and Z. Especially since my husband and I both do jujitsu, going into my son in jiu-jitsu. I was so excited. We have parents and kids classes on Saturdays where the parents are doing the class with the kids. And I just really noticed a pattern that that's when he performed the least. He, I, I understand, he probably gets anxiety because mom's there. Um, mom's a blue belt. So in the jiu-jitsu world, it probably looks like I, I reasonably have an idea of what I'm doing. Not a lot. I'm not a professional. I'm not good at it. But I've been doing it long enough to where I have a basic understanding of what we should be doing, the basic fundamentals, following directions. But for my kid, he's just not digging it. So I'm able to recognize that as a pattern. Um, I've since stopped doing the classes with him for the parents and kids class. And, you know, I really push him to enjoy the class on his own and to do his best and whatever. But when I think about that, it's even more concerning when I see these sideline parents in the jiu-jitsu community screaming directions at their kids. They're screaming at their three, four, five-year-olds to choke some other kid out. Meanwhile, they've never stepped foot on a fucking mat before. We all know performance anxiety is a real thing. So it's really frustrating for me when I see parents yelling at their kids for some very complex directions. Um, If you ever are a sideline parent for jujitsu and you have the nerve to tell your kid what the fuck to do, why don't you get a fucking gi on, get on the mat yourself and figure it out yourself before you start screaming at your kid what to do. That's one of my biggest frustrations. But Anyways, it's just a different environment. It's always a good thing to step out of the comfort zone. So for kids, it's very important to be able to fucking get off the titty from mom and start figuring out their own way. I think it's an awesome thing to let kids learn new things and do things completely separate of mom and dad's direction. So things are always easier said than done. So adding the complexity of mom and dad screaming, it doesn't help. So Like I said, if you really want to be able to scream directions at the little champs class at jujitsu, why don't you get in there yourself and you try doing it with somebody your own size and let me know how that is. 
Anyways, about 70% of kids quit sports by the age of 13. And while there's a lot of factors that have to do with that statistic, one of the reasons is the pressure to perform. So when we talk about parents screaming at their kids and screaming directions, just think about that. Um, If you want this to be a long-term thing, let them enjoy the sport. Let them figure out their own way. So for this episode, let Coach Coach wins this episode. Most of you guys have no trouble letting the coaches do their thing, which I think is really awesome. Regardless of which team you're on, I think any parent that supports their child in any sport is very important. And being present in your child's venture is amazing no matter what. So don't take anything wrong. Um, Regardless, whatever you're doing, having your kids in sports, having them there, being supportive, it's all very important. Anyways, ladies and gentlemen, that's the episode. Be sure to check Instagram on Wednesdays for the next episode's poll. If you like what you heard, share me on social media, support me on Patreon, and please leave a review on iTunes. Unless it's negative, then you can obviously go fuck yourself. Anyways, thanks guys for listening. Bye.